Hello and welcome back to the TwinCast. Today we have Oliver and Arjun back with another episode. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite horror movies slash comedies slash meta comedies, which are the two first two Scream movies. So this is going to be an in-depth spoiler review since they've been out for so many years and they are so important in our pop culture lexicon. So make sure to watch them before you listen to this review. So Scream and Scream 1, Scream 2 have kind of similar plots, but the first Scream is about a girl named Sydney Prescott whose mother is brutally raped and killed. And what happens is that a killer has been stalking the students at Woodsboro High School. And people probably when they first thought this would thought it was just going to be some cheap ripoff, but it kind of changed cinema forever. And also both horror cinema as well as like movies in general, which led the way, paved the way for a lot of directors. And we'll get into that as well. And Scream 2 is a sequel to Scream about Sidney Prescott going to college and someone is pretending to be a copycat. So Oliver, let's give a little rundown. What are some of your positives on this film? Or just, let's just have a great discussion about it today. Mm -hmm. What are your general thoughts on both of these films? I think, um, I think they're both really great, like really exciting, adrenaline-filled horror movies that also manage to be pretty funny and also give out great character development. Yeah, I would, I totally agree with there. I think that, to be honest, of all like the idea of the final girl, Sydney Prescott by far is the most interesting. There's actual characterization given to her, which I really liked. And not a lot of horror movies actually think about the characters they just think about the scares. And that's what I love about the screen films is that they're giving a lot of thought about these characters. And every character is very interesting. Like Gail Weathers, who is this kind of egotistical woman, woman who's a reporter and wants to get the inside scoop, is also kind of the hero by the end of both films. And I really like that aspect of those films. And I think that all the characters have a great kind of comedic timing as well as really providing great depth to these films, such as Dewey, we had Dewey, who's another awesome addition to the Scream franchise, who's this man-child who's kind of a detective because he kind of sorts things out, but he's also kind of an idiot because, well, he's not a great cop. And then we have Randy, who, who's kind of like the audience because he realizes he's in a horror movie and he works at a video store and then in the second one, he's at, he works at a, um, he's a film, student. film class. Yeah. So he's kind of commenting on the events as they're happening, which I think is just a genius move by Wes Craven. Oliver, what are your thoughts on the yeah, I'm, I'm going to add on to that. I think um, most of the characters, not only are they like interesting and pretty unique, but all of the characters kind of serve like this um, commentary on horror movies. Sidney Prescott is supposed to embody like the feminist hero. Mm -hmm. of like slasher icons um dewey is like the sidekick cop but he's kind of incompetent and then we have like gail weathers who's this egotistical reporter person mm -hmm. so all of them they like kind of fill this like role but instead of just being like cardboard cutouts mm -hmm. of um stereotypes and characters and archetypes actually they're more nuanced and like deeper characters yeah, that, that's very true, Oliver. Um, I would say that the nuance is, is very helpful to the film as each character has some interesting traits. Because Dewey is not actually the worst. In the second film, 
he's kind of a pretty he's a, he's a pretty good sleuth, I would say. He he begins to put some of the pieces together, and he's kind of grown. And but Dewey also has that childish charm that Gail Weathers and him, you know, they get together at the end. But there's different the characters have different kind of there's they have different layers to them. And I don't think a lot of horror movies have done this. Like let's compare it to Halloween. I don't really like Halloween that much. It's, it's kind of a boring film. It's kind of mm-hmm. It's very simplistic in its archetypes, but in this, in Scream, there are some pretty, they have different, they actually mesh and create this really cohesive film that, that I think a lot of fans of horror who don't even like horror, like my parents, really enjoy the Scream films. Yeah, like me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oliver, why don't you expand on like the universal appeal of Scream? Yeah, I think what makes Scream so like exciting is that it takes qualities and it makes them into like the stereotype instead of how like stereotypes are kind of creating different qualities of characters so like dewey for example we've been talking about him a lot but dewey um he's he's naive and he's kind of he's not incompetent but his like kind of his archetype is supposed to be like this incompetent cop but he's not he's naive and he's social he's not i wouldn't say social awkward but he's He's a little bit awkward Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of creates like this aura of incompetence, even though he's like not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're right, Oliver, because there's different ideals. Each of the characters have different motives, I think. And I think that that really lends itself to having a complex story. And even the film in general adds a great little twist because almost all slashers either have some, okay. the, The three main slasher franchises are Freddy, Jason and Michael Myers. Those three are the main people within the, these are the kind of slasher icons. Everyone, when they think of slasher, they think of these three people. But the thing is their archetype is they embody evil. So there's no mystery to them. We know who they are, but in Scream, it adds this mystery to it because we know that um, Ghostface is actually an actual person, and because of this, it, it's able to create kind of watching everyone to see who might be the killer, who might not be the killer. And I think that that kind of mystery adds a level of mysteriousness to the film that aids it. What do you think about that, Oliver? Yeah, I agree. Um, Scream isn't really actually, I wouldn't say it's exactly like a horror movie. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. But it feels more like a whodunit mystery, you know, novel. Mm-hmm. It does, think, yeah. 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 You can talk about that. It's kind of like, it's a horror, it has horror elements, but at the most part, it's also kind of an investigation because Gail, Dewey, and even Sydney to an extent are investigating this killer. And the kills, I have to say, there are some pretty good kills in, in the Scream franchise. I think number one probably has better kills. Scream 2, it has it's, some... It's, cool. I wouldn't say it's lame, but yeah, it, it is a little... The kills are not lame, but they're, they're not great. For example, in Scream 1, the best kill by far is when... Garage door. Is the garage door scene. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. Oh. Yeah, it's, it, Oliver, give our audience a little context on that scene and why you liked it so much. Uh, it's it's just a lover. We have um Sydney and I think it's Tatum or something. Yes. She wants to get a couple of beers from like the from the garage of mm-hmm. her house. Yeah. It's a party, by the way. But as she's about to um as she's about to return back into the main party session, 
the door locks from behind her mm-hmm. and she is drawn by a noise mm-hmm. to, from the garage door and as she goes to the door I think she's like pushed in or something or pulled in so like mm-hmm. the little slot between the garage door and then the ghost face killer suddenly appears at yeah. the at like the door leading back into the house he presses the garage door button that lifts the whole thing up and mm-hmm. it kind of like I wouldn't say it's, it does kind of slice into her as the door moves up and it's just so it's so clever and demented like that's not something a normal person thinks of except it's kind of hilarious at the same time that that's what the yeah. film does so well is Wes Craven has this very maniacal sense of humor but he balances it so well which which I really liked about the film and okay so let's and I actually really like the balance of kind of the kills because in number two I think the best kill by far is when the car is when the pipes go through the dude. Remember that the officer is killed and the pipe goes through him. I think, and that, that was just a that was just a crazy scene in general. That when that happened, I thought that was absolutely brilliant and crazy. It was crazy, yeah. Yeah. So I think that Scream it doesn't have the most kind. It has doesn't it has some audacious kills, but also has very clever kills and. Each of them are very different from the next, I think. All of them have a different flavoring to them, which I think adds this kind of, which, which actually really helps the film in general. Yeah, just and a side other, note. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You can go first. No, no, Oliver, keep going. Mine's going to take a lot longer, so. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All I was just yeah. going to say about that is there's a unique, the, the best part of Scream is what we're getting at with all these different, is the unique flavor of it. It's not like anything else. Many films have become influenced by it, yet it was the first to do it. Oliver? I think what I was, I was about to, um, I was going to say about how all of the kills don't really rely on jump scares. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even really remember a single, like, jump scare. So there was this thing that Alfred Hitchcock said. He's, like, one of the greatest um, filmmakers of all time. He also made a couple of horror movies. They call him the master of suspense. But there's this thing that Hitchcock said about, like, when when you want to build suspense, you never want to do something suddenly. I think the example he used was like two people talking and then like suddenly a bomb goes off. You don't want that. You want to show the audience the bomb, okay? Yeah. And then you want, to, you want to go back to the audience talking to each other. Yeah. Or, sorry, you want to go back to the two people talking to each other. And then when, you sh- when you've shown the audience the bomb, they would, they would think that the two people should stop talking because there's a bomb under. So you've established like some danger mm-hmm. and now the audience is in, an, is in anticipation of detention. So yeah. that's what Scream does really well. It never really just comes out of nowhere. It always kind of announces its arrival, mm-hmm. like the danger's arrival, and it kind of goes into the background until the tension breaks. Yeah. It's, it's just really well done. It's pretty brilliant how they've kind of plotted this film is that it, you're right, Oliver. There's no jump scares in like in like Nightmare on Elm Street. There are some jump scares, and they're kind of scary and all. But there's some actual there's real tension in this film. Especially, I think one of the best scenes in horror is this is the opening phone call where um, I for, I forgot the name of the actress, but the actress is called Neff Campbell. There we go. And then she's called right, and then. The guy is playing games with her on the phone and it's getting a little bit eerie. And then suspense is being built. And as the tension ratchets up, 
more and more things are being hinted at until we get this amazing chase. We see her boyfriend gutted, which was apps, which was just crazy. And then she was killed. And then we start off with this brilliant sequence that starts off the film and really sets a new a tone for the film that kind of keeps going throughout. Yeah. Also, I think, um, keep going. Her screams were really, they were pretty frightening, but they were also kind of like funny. Like you've said about, um, was it Wes Craven's? Yeah. Like you said about Wes Craven's um, balance of kind of comedy and horror. Mm -hmm. It's a really odd sensation when you hear like any of the screams because they're kind of, they're kind of funny, but in a really sick way. Yeah. And the last thing, like last positive I would have to say is Scream 2 is actually a pretty good movie. Like I would give it a positive review. It doesn't, I've seen a lot of horror sequels and there are very few that are able to actually be good and have interesting layers and plots. But I do think Scream 2 does suffer because it leans a little bit too much into the comedy. Some of the suspense is undercut by that. Besides that, I think Scream 2 is a very solid entry in the horror um, canon. I agree. Yeah, um, Oliver, do you have any negatives it, with these films? I think with... I, I really enjoyed Scream 2. I don't really have much against it. But, I mean, I really enjoyed Scream. I don't have much against it. But with Scream 2, I, feel, I felt like it leaned too heavily into, like, the character development mm -hmm. and plot development and everything. And it leaned a little bit less on the terror. Like That's you said true. with... Yeah, like you said with Scream, it really manages to balance out the fear mm -hmm. and the substance. But with Scream 2, it leans a little bit too heavily into the substance, and there's not as many scares. It feels a lot less like a suspense, a yeah. suspenseful horror. And but more I think like, also there's yeah. some added, um, there's some added, there's some added goodness. I think because. There's actually a lot more character development and there's a lot more character traits in this film that I think are a lot better. But what I do, I do have to agree, Oliver, that some of the suspense is undercut a little bit. Also, it's a little, I think it's a little bit funnier than Scream 1. And I think that may undercut some of the... I don't know. I would say it undercut some of the scares. And also, I think they made a mistake in that film is that I do not think Randy should have been killed off. I think that was a poor choice. It's a very gutsy choice, yes, but I think Randy was an integral part in actually helping Sydney, Sydney Prescott survive this attack, and I think that they actually should have kept him alive. I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on keeping him alive? Yeah, I, I think Randy should have been kept alive because he was pretty like important in both films. He gives the audience, like, a connection to the franchise, kind of. But remember Dewey's death? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he was, like, he was killed off, and then the, the writers were like, nope, we can't do this, guys. We have to go back. But I don't know why they killed him off and then, like, actually showed him to have survived. They did this in the first movie, too, okay? Yeah. That was pretty, that was already, like, stretching my suspension of disbelief. But, like, in the second one, when he survives that attack, I was like, that, that's too much. Yeah, that one didn't make you, because it was pretty brutal stabbing. You know, you got stabbed, like, six times. Except 50 Cent did get shot six times and still survived. So, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I think that it's also kind of a joke that um, a lot of times in horror, I think it's also kind of a meta commentary on the kills and stuff. And I don't know. I just find that, I think, I think that 
the Scream films do, Scream 2 has to kind of reconfigure itself a little bit because I think they need to actually add a little bit more suspense in the film because yeah, it's a lot funnier than the first one. So I, I believe, in my opinion at least, that Scream 1 has a perfect 50-50 combination of comedy and horror, but Scream 2, it just, it just went a little bit too light. However, however, I will say a great positive of that film, a absolutely great positive of that film, is the part where they go to the Stab premiere. There's a movie called Stab, which is a ripoff of Scream, and it has the same opening from Scream with a different actress, which I thought was just absolutely, that was hilarious. And the, a great inside uh, little Easter egg for the audience is that Stab was actually the working title of Scream for a while. So I, I just thought that was a hilarious, that was just a little tidbit that I thought was hilarious. Yeah. And that yeah. opening sequence is pretty crazy, killing off a well-known actress like Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar, uh, Omar yeah. S. In the first, like, five minutes? I thought that was pretty crazy. And it's pretty, it's pretty, um, it's pretty clever, too, because it kind of reminds you of what happened in the first film, and it kind of sets up, like, the tone. Yeah. And Oliver brought up a great point when he was talking about, he was telling me about how there was actually attacks based, inspired by the Scream film. So Oliver, why don't you give us a little context on what happened with those attacks? So after Scream 1 was released, I'm not sure like how long after, but there were a couple of, um, there were a couple of murders that were somewhat like inspired by the first Scream film. So what happens in the second one is Rand he's the film student, mm-hmm. but Randy kind of talks about how a media can perpetuate violence in real life. And it was a really clever like meta commentary lens on the first Scream movie and all the like supposed violence that happened after. Yes. You can you can read more about it if you go on the Wikipedia page for Scream. They have an entire section dedicated to the attacks. Yeah, so if you see here, I'm looking right here. Yeah, Oliver, you're exactly correct about that. So what happened was there was some kid named Randy Ramirez who watched Scream and did a Scream-like attack on his mother, which is kind of inspired also by how Sidney Prescott's mother was killed. And this film actually discusses that because some people found it hokey. And I would say that the reason for Mickey killing um, Sidney Prescott is hokey. But I actually think when you read kind of the backstory of this film, it provides some great insight onto like what happened on the film. And it gives us a lot more of a new idea of what Scream is all about and kind of how... It does talk about violence and, you know, people like Tarantino who don't believe that violence impacts society. And I, I, would, I would say I would mostly agree with him, but it's a very interesting meta commentary on violence as well as the reception of the film itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And all, also I want to talk about, like, this started the meta film. Before this, I, I really don't know any any kind of genre film that would talk about another genre. And the master of this is, of course, Edgar Wright, who has done such great just homages as well as satires of so many awesome genres. Oliver, do you want to talk a little bit about him before we wrap up? Oh yeah. He made he he made a couple of great um he made a couple of great kind of spoof films, but also films that can pass up as the genre that they were spoofing. 
So um, I was, two great examples were Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead. I think you can you can talk about them. Yeah. First so I'd say off. for me, Hot Fuzz is a better film because I think it's first of all funnier than Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's a little bit more serious. There's some very there's actually some intense deaths in that film. But I think Hot Fuzz blends genres expertly. It's hilarious. It has a lot of great kind of, it has a lot of great um, action. The cult is hilarious. And there's a lot of homages to other action directors. And I just thought that film was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's super violent, actually. Like, there's some pretty violent stuff in that movie. And I just really, really enjoy Hot Fuzz for what it is. And I think that's one of the best film, one of the best comedies of all time. One of the also, I think it's just a great action film because the last twenty minutes have just some awesome action sequences. And Sean, Simpl- yeah. oh yeah, I'll keep going. Um, Hot Fuzz is a movie that really doesn't give like you know, it doesn't give anything. It doesn't care <laughs> that much. It's just like a guns a blazing action film. That's both With no exciting. shame. Yeah, it's both exciting and it feels a little bit purposeless, and that's kind of the point, you know. All yeah. these action movies, they don't really have a purpose except to entertain and just be awesome. And that's exactly what Hot Fuzz is. And by that metric, I think it's, it's a complete success. It's a complete success. I, I would actually give that film a perfect score. I think it's a perfect yeah. movie. There's, I, I, I've seen it four times, and I have not noticed one single flaw. <laughs> the jokes are hilarious. Especially the open sequence where, like, like um, uh, Simon Pegg's character takes all these classes, like, um, like um, advanced driving and like jujitsu. It just, it's just so funny. And the then, best part, yeah, go on. No, no, Oliver, keep going. The best part about um, Hot Fuzz is that it's like its development is completely reversed, okay? So I guess in action movies, it's about like dumb, like dumb characters trying to find more nuance. But in Hot Fuzz, it's about an incredibly nuanced, like very intelligent, skilled, yeah, intelligent, skilled, classy character becoming a dumb action hero and it's just so it's such a clever subversion of a genre that everybody loves and then you want to talk about um shawn of the dead i think this one i'd say is a very it's a i would also give this one perfect score i just don't like it as much as hot fuzz oliver it's a lot more it's a lot more serious it's still hilarious okay like yes there are a lot of great jokes in that movie but i feel like it's a little bit more serious than because um there's like some sad deaths you know um yeah, it has to be, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit sadder because it's a zombie film. But I did like, um, I did kind of like the twist at the end where we thought Nick Frost had died because he'd been bitten. But then we find out him and Simon Pegg are playing video games in the shed. And I really yeah. enjoy Hot, I really enjoy Shaun of the Dead. I think it's a hilarious film. And I think the great thing about Edgar Wright is he understands how to do a great spoof. Because I think that's what's the big problem with Spaceballs is they don't actually love um, Star Wars. They, they make a mockery of it. And I don't think that's how spoofs should work. It's kind of a love letter to these kinds of films while also being a critique of them, which I think is, which I think is the best way to do a spoof in general. Oliver, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yes, I agree completely. Yeah. I think, I think that's, the reason, that's the reason why Edgar Wright's films work so well is because... That's also why Tarantino works so well because, for example, a great film, one of Oliver's favorite films, Inglorious Bastards, which is, which is just so much fun. It's such a great movie. Both kind of 
critiques war films by making them a little bit campier, but also Tarantino understands how to make a great war film in its own right. So I think that's the great part of Edgar Wright. And that's why I think The World's End for me didn't work as well is because he's not spoofing or kind of writing a love letter to an actual genre. That was my big problem with the film. Yeah, when you make like a spoof like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, it has to be a labor of love. And Edgar Wright understands this. And it really shows when you watch um, these types of movies mm-hmm. that are like a that are like a product of passion instead of just wanting to mock something, because not only do you make like great hilarious commentary on a genre, but you also make a great film within the genre you're spoofing. I, Oliver, I would have to completely agree with that assessment, and I also think that Edgar Wright is a great talent, and I just think that coming back to Scream full three. 360 is that you know scream are not perfect films there, there are some plot conveniences of course there always will be in film but i think that in my opinion scream is a great film because it has started its own genre of meta commentary and i think that is what makes scream such a top, timeless masterpiece in my opinion that's why i love it so much yeah that's that's great i agree yeah lot. You concur, as they would say. Yeah. Even yep. Roger Ebert gave that movie four stars. He liked it that much. It's, it's, well, that's the great thing about it. Like, with all the flaws, plot conveniences, yeah. you know, resurrections, you know. It's, it's just hard to dislike. Because when somebody puts in that much passion into a genre, like, you mm-hmm. kind of reciprocate. Yeah. 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 And um, I just, it just, it just... You can overlook the flaws because it just, it's such a genius concept at the same time that I think everyone in our audience can, may, may not like it. I don't know why it's such an easily likable film, but I think they will understand the love that's put into this film. Yeah. Oliver, any final thoughts? No. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much, and we will back, be back next time.